Welcome to Growing Up Boomer. I'm your host, Padre, with my co-host, Cotton. And this podcast is dedicated to the life and times of the baby boomer generation. The show is loosely scripted, and sometimes we'll go down rabbit holes, and where it leads us to, one will never know. This podcast can be informative, funny, and sometimes irreverent. But most of all, we hope you find it entertaining. Hey, Cotton, how you doing, my man? I'm doing fine in yourself, Padre. Oh, man, I cannot complain. But you know what? You know when you really look at back of the years as you're growing older, right? You always hated to hit middle age, right? You know, yeah. Yeah, when you hit middle age, yep. you know, guys go through their, what, what are the middle age crisis? Oh, yeah, I couldn't wait. Couldn't yeah. wait. <laughs> well, let me tell you this. You know what the worst part about middle age for us? <laughs> what? You know you're going to grow out of it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll no longer be middle aged, man. <laughs> you become a ti- retiree, right? And what, what's the old joke about retirees? What? How many? Re- how many retirees does it take to change a light bulb? How many is that? One, but it takes all day. <laughs> <laughs> only, if you're getting, only if you're getting paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's like the union model, right? Yeah. <laughs> Work too fast, the job don't last. <laughs> oh, and you know the worst thing for my wife is her right. husband. Yeah, oh. she gets twice as much as me for half the pay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I got to go over this because it just cracks me up about okay. the about the uh, cocaine found in the White House. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This cracks me up, okay? Now, you know it's somebody big because they can't find out who did it, right? After 10 days, they go, ah, that's it. (laughs) We -hmm. don't know, and we don't want to know. So, you know it's somebody high up, probably, uh, you know, one one of the uh, Secret Service officials or something. Who knows who it is? I don't care. It just, they just somebody gets it in there. I got a theory on the cocaine, too. Oh, really? What's your theory? Um, Somebody... Stash the cocaine in this little baby's backpack or on the back of the baby. So when they're carrying it in, that's why Biden was sniffing that baby. (laughs) You're you're so bad. (laughs) You are so bad. (laughs) But this is not Mm -hmm. the first time the Secret Service screwed up. (laughs) You know, I'm going like, how in the world? Get this one here. I don't know uh, if you remember this, but I remember these just like they were yesterday. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I love to read articles. And if you remember, it was 2011. All right. And this all happened during Obama's uh, uh, tenure as the president of the United States. I mean, here mm-hmm. you've got the first African-American president. You would think they would guard this guy with all get out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. So, I mean, I would put. 10 times the amount of people I normally put on a president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, nobody, okay. really, nobody really cares. Well, that's the point. These guys don't care. In yeah. 2011, there was a dude that parked his car in front of the White House and fired on the mm-hmm. building. <laughs> right? Remember this yeah. story? You yep. would think yep. there would yeah, you would think there would be swarms of agents and uniform guards, you know, descending on this dude and pounding them to no end. Yep. But no. <laughs> But no, a supervisor thought the shots were a car backfiring, so he called off the investigation. <laughs> <You> know, and- <laughs> okay, now get this. 
Alrighty. <clears throat> but four days later, housekeeping noticed broken glass. There was seven shots hit the building. Now I'm thinking like, okay, broke the glass. You have the president of the United States and you don't have bulletproof glass in the White House? <laughs> uh, not right there. <laughs> I'm going, wait a minute. You know, I remember this. Wait, aren't these, aren't these windows bulletproof? <laughs> this is the president of the United States. <laughs> and this other one, this one, in 2012, right, you always send a detail, a protective detail. You always send them in advance for a presidential trip when they go to another country to make sure everything's okay, you like get the lay of the land. And he goes to Colombia and Cartagena. Mm-hmm. And what do the agents do? These are DEA agents. What do they do? They decide to party. <laughs> and we are talking prostitutes. We are talking drinking and drugs. I mean, these guys are just having a great time. And you know how they got caught? Is because nine agents... <laughs> were uh, uh, were either reassigned or retired as a result of that wild night. <laughs> In other words, right. okay, nobody gets, nobody gets fired. <laughs> <laughs> and then, the, the, if that wasn't enough, in 2014 they did the same thing in the Netherlands. The same thing. Really? The presidential, and this was not the DEA, the the, the the advance, but their detail continued to party while he was in Amsterdam. And you know how they found that one out? <laughs> How's that? They found one of the agents passed out in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Oh, yeah. And that's not the half of it. <laughs> the same year, Omar Gonzalez jumped the fence at the White House. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, you remember this one, right? Yeah. I mean, these dudes catch toddlers crawling through the fence. But they can't oh, catch yeah. this guy that jumps the fence oh, and yeah. runs across the lawn. Mm-hmm. Okay, get this. He gets into the building, overpowers a few of the agents, and gets all the way. And he's got a knife. And he gets all the way to the green room, which is next to the Oval Office. Wow. Uh, yeah, exactly. And they said, oh, he only made it to the, he only made it to the foyer, which was a lie. <laughs> Dude got all the way right next to the room next to the Oval Office. And get this, I remember this on the I remember this as clear as day is we're gonna have to check the protocols of our uh, of the uh, White House uh, mm-hmm. detail services. Hey, how about lock the front door? <laughs> what protocols? Lock the front door. And you know what the first thing they'll say is Trump paid him to do that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't get paid to at the front door. <laughs> oh, and this one cracked me up. This one was funny. And this happened in 2015. The Secret Service gets a call of a potential bomb threat. Mm-hmm. So the two's agents and one is one of the head agents, like second in command, go rushing down there. Not only do they go into the crime scene, they almost run over the uh, suspicious package being investigated. <laughs> These guys go through the barriers and they almost run over the package. Uh, and then they boy. said, well, you know, we, we need to have a sobriety test for these guys. And, and one of the supervisors says, nah, release the agents without testing them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going like, man. 
<laughs> and like I said, one of these dudes were the second in command. I think his name was Mark Connolly. And he was uh he had just announced his retirement. So you know what that means? You were probably at the bar partying. <laughs> yeah. You know. And then they go, let's go to the tape. Oh wait! <laughs> the tape that exists of the incident is gone. Erased. <laughs> Where have really? we heard that before? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. The Secret <laughs> Service told Congress that the surveillance tapes at the White House grounds are routinely erased after 72 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. Oh yeah, and there's yeah, and there's like other they stuff. Don't have, they don't have enough tape on it or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we don't have we don't have enough recording tapes. So we have to erase it. It's We're probably real still real. using Betamax or something. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and the other one is, and then Time Magazine came out with a with a notables of old scandals, and this was in 2014. <laughs> In 2001, an agent stole $3,000 in cash from evidence. <laughs> an agent did? Yeah! One of the Secret Service agents went in and said, Hey, nobody's using this cash. I'll take it. <laughs> get this. Yeah. In 19, get this one. In 1999, a female agent guarding Hillary Clinton had her personal weapon stolen from, an un, from her unattended purse. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and get this one this is this was the last one i'll do for you is this all real yeah this is all real <laughs> and get this one remember the assassination of president kennedy yes the warren commission found that president kennedy's kennedy's detail had been drinking the night before the shooting in dallas you know what that means hmm. that's code for they all had hangovers Okay, you're watching the president, and you're drinking the night before. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, it wasn't just a little drink, you know. I mean, they're probably partying pretty good. Yeah, they're probably partying with the president. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, the wife was with them at that time, so they probably did. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, here. I have a great story. This okay. one, this one's going to crack you up, and it's out of Florida. <laughs> Where's it? Rabbits invade town, run amok on residents. They're starting to multiply. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, this is this is a a bunny breeder. <laughs> I didn't know there was such a thing. <laughs> Based in Florida, uh, in Fort Lauderdale, Lauderdale, illegally let loose a thriving group of domesticated rabbits on the streets, leaving the neighbors to deal with the problem. <laughs> unbelievable oh yeah oh and you know the neighbors you know oh one of the neighbors moved a couple of years ago and she just left her rabbits in the street when she moved <laughs> you know and this one is uh alex gibbs a local rabbit supporter totally associated press they were they were not spayed nor neutered so they started multiplying between 60 and 100 lion head rabbits have been, made their new homes and backyards and houses along the Wilton Manors, a suburb of the coastal me, uh, metro area. Now get this, just starting in three months old, the female rabbit birth rates can go two to six offspring every month. Jeez. <laughs> so you can imagine how many rabbits I have there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And then a lot of people are concerned, and of course they should be because they shouldn't be there because of the heat. You know, uh-huh. you know, and then the predators. They said, yeah, there'll be gator bits pretty soon. <laughs> you know, you know, and, there's, and this one person you know, gives us, we found dead rabbits all over the place. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I feel for these, but I mean, these people do this stuff, and then all of a sudden other people have to deal with it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, oh, and by the way, Yes. Sad news today. On July twenty first, Tony Bennett passed away. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that 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 is just a shame. His his full name was Anthony Dominic Bontadello. I'm I, sorry. I think he was Italian. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. <laughs> he, you are you are correct, sir. And anyone that was born in nineteen twenty six also fought in World War Two. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Tony Benny was drafted in the U.S. Army in November 1944, you know, during wow. the final stages of World War II, all right? And his basic mm-hmm. training was in Fort Dix and Fort Robinson, <laughs> and becoming an, an infantry rifleman. Now, get this, okay? Bennett ran afoul of a sergeant from the South who disliked the Italian from New York, <laughs> Heavy doses of KP duty resulted. This poor guy. I mean, the only thing he had is he was Italian. Yeah, <laughs> and right. Nobody liked him. All right. This guy didn't like him. Oh, gee. Thank you very much for the South. All right. He was assigned as a, a replacement infantryman for the 225th Infantry Regiment of the 63rd Division. A, he was, his unit was filling in for the heavenly losses they suffered in the Battle of the Bulge. Then he moved across France and Germany. Uh, he was his unit was moved to the front line, where he wow. had, he would later describe it as the front row seat to hell. Yeah, uh, and this is a story. I don't know if it's true, but but apparently ran into this one soldier who happened to be who happened to be African American, and they you know they were just separated and they were in Germany, and they decided to hey you know what let's have Thanksgiving dinner together, and so when they went back. This sergeant, mm-hmm. right, because it was segregation back then in the military, just, just really ripped into both of them about how they're not supposed to be together and stuff like that. So what ends up happening after, you know, he survives a horror of combat, witnesses unspeakable atrocities of the Nazi death camps and racism, he vows to become a pacifist and work for racial harmony. He actually mm-hmm. marched with a Martin Luther King Jr. in Selma in Alabama. Really? Oh, yeah. He was also a successful painter. Hmm. He made 70 albums. Did you know that? No. Three of them went platinum. Wow. Yep. And uh, I think uh, he had eight of them that went gold. Yes. Yeah. He was nominated for 40 Grammys and won 20. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he he was pretty marvelous. And you remember you know, and he, all the way to the end, he, he was, you could see him standing up there and leaning on the piano. Well, the other thing was that, he, on there. Yeah, yeah, in 2016, he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Oh. Mm-hmm. And that finally um, uh, took its toll. Yeah. Uh, but he also uh, what did an album with, uh, or a uh, uh, duet with Amy uh, Winehouse and uh, Lady Gaga. La- yeah, that's the one I saw which was with Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was he was fantastic, but yeah, 
You know what else happened on the 21st, which matters in rock history? Several things. No. First of all, okay. in 1971, Black Sabbath released their third album's Master of Reality, uh, which yeah. I used to have until my son got it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I still have it. <laughs> you probably bought it from somewhere. You sold it to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that to me that was the best Black Sabbath album. Was Master yeah. of Reality. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I don't it remember. It used to just creep me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had them all the way up to uh, Sabbath Bloody Bloody Sabbath, but I had to stop because then I got married and I was not buying albums anymore. <laughs> yes, you know. I had my, I had kids. I had, <laughs> they took my, you know, one. But the Masters of Reality is awesome, an awesome album. Yeah. 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 And uh, there's a, a documentary uh, on Black Sabbath that I watch, and Ozzy Osbourne, you know, how they used to, you're able to uh, cut um, uh, studio records, remember, on 45s, just to give a mm -hmm. listen to handout. He played it with his father to his parents. <laughs> and he said, his dad said, are you sure you don't want to find another line of work? <laughs> oh, they were so far ahead of their time. I mean, with the with the with the guitar. I mean, the the pounding guitar and stuff like that. Oh, oh yeah. And Masters of Reality, Sweetly, you know, After Forever, Embryo, Children of the Grave, Orchard, Lord yeah. of This World, awesome. Yeah. Yep. Solitude and Into the Void. Wow, those were awesome records. Yeah. Loved them all. Oh, here we go. 1987, Guns N' Roses put out their debut album, Appetite for Destruction. In 1990, former Pink Floyd member Roger Waters stages a production of the rock opera The Wall in Berlin. Ah. Mm hmm And then in 1973, Jim Croce started a two-week run at a number one on the singles chart with Bad Bad Leroy Brown. Yeah, that one. Uh, Baddest man in the whole damn town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did much better than that. <laughs> in 1998, the Beastie Boys kicked off a tour in Seattle in support of their first, a fifth album, Hello Nasty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and in 1994, Oasis played their first ever American show. It was part of the New Music uh, Seminar in New York City. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of an Oasis song because they all sound like I the Beatles. Really like. Yeah, remember yeah. they they made fun of that in Yesterday, the oh, movie Yesterday. He was he was looking in the in in Google searches Oasis, and they show actual Oasis, not the group, because he couldn't find the Beatles. Oh, really? Oh, it's a great movie, man. I have it. I watch it all the time. Huh? Yeah. Apparently, what happens there's a glitch in the world where everything goes blank for thirty seconds, and then when everybody comes out of it nobody's ever heard of the beatles or any of the songs except this one guy huh. it's a very very good movie yeah right. yeah i have to I have to look that one up yeah oh yeah yesterday it's called yesterday very okay. very good movie oh, okay huh. well let's get into our podcast what do you say works for me okay now we're going to do one hit wonders of the 60s this week and then we'll do one hit wonders of the 70s next week Alrighty. Oh, okay. Okay. Now this is very important because as mm -hmm. of 2022, they say, according to Spotify, that there's 82 million songs. But 
<laughs> if you go to Grace Note, they say there's 200 million songs, and Google <laughs> says there's 97 million to 230 million songs. So I don't Jeez. know who's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if, if the higher number is correct, that means that there is one song is uploaded every 1.4 seconds. Yeah, huh. yeah. Now, the reason why we're going to go over one-hit wonders, because you have to remember in the 60s, there was a lot of powerhouse groups. And how these oh, yeah. people ever got to number one is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. you got to remember, there was the Beatles, James Brown, yeah. the Beach Boys, mm -hmm. the Supremes, the Rolling Stones, Bob Dylan, Anita Franklin, mm -hmm. Elvis Presley even came back in 1968, Sam Cooke. Jimi Hendrix, Ray Charles, Otis Redding, The Temptations, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, if you remember, The Birds, Marvin Gaye, The Four Seasons, The Who, Wilson Pickett, and Stevie Wonder were all making hits back then. Yeah. So for these groups wow. to actually get in there was pretty amazing. Yeah. All right. First song for the one-hit wonder you're going to crack up was done in 1969, Sugar Sugar by the Archies. Uh-huh. <laughs> that yeah, actually I hit number that. one. I, I, for some reason, I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably because it was a cartoon, huh? Sugar. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> it did place number one, but for a very short time. But it was in the Billboard Hot 100 for 22 weeks. Wow. Yes, sir. And the, the funny thing about that one is that it was written for the Archie show. There's kind of like a rumor out there that it was written for the monkeys and the monkeys said, no, we're not going to play that. And that's what was the whole thing about breaking up. But apparently they say that's an urban legend. Uh, Don Kirshner, he's the one who mm -hmm. actually did the monkeys and he did the Archies. And I think oh, what, well. yeah, because there was a, a documentary on the monkeys that I watched and he said, at least when you're dealing with cartoon characters, they don't talk back. So I think that's what happened was with, with Sugar Sugar, they just assumed that he was talking about the monkeys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. probably. The monkeys, though, they were great. Oh, yeah, I loved them, too. <laughs> then another one was Scylla Black, You're My World. Her actual full name was Priscilla Maria Veronica White. The reason why she wrote and performed the song is she was a big Beatles fan, and she was a co-check girl right turned singer in liverpool she was just in love with john lennon and so that she wrote that song you are my world wow i uh i can't i can't recall that song no that's okay neither can i i've listened to a lot of oh, these okay. already but i'll tell you what you know i mean some of them are very forgettable and mm -hmm. then the next one is hey baby by bruce channel this was done in 1961 now this sounds it's a lot of harmonica in it Sounds like a Beatles song before there was such a thing as a Beatles song. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, a, and it is said that John Lennon was so impressed with the harmonica in it that he took some tips from there, and you could hear it in their first songs. Oh, really? Like Love Me Do? Yeah. Like, I was just thinking about bum, 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 bum. And then that, that, uh, that little razz of the, uh, of the harmonica said that he took, he picked that up by listening to this uh, song, Hey Baby. Huh. All right. How about this one? Pipeline. Remember that one? 
Yeah, that was Pipeline 1963. And get this, it was written by two high school seniors from Orange County out of Santa Ana High School. No way. Really? Yeah. Oh, and here's another one. How about Teen Angel in 1960? Yeah, that was Frankie Avalon? No, no, no. You're right. He did redo it. But the first the first person that actually did it was Mark Denning. And Mark get this, Denning. it was featured, it was heard in the 1973 George Lucas coming of age film, American Graffiti. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Huh. This one, I know you'll love. Mm-hmm. Norman Greenbaum, Spirit in the Sky. Yep. That is one of the most played songs of the 1960s. Yeah. Uh, my, my brother always played that. And- Mm-hmm. I think they were all loaded at the same time. So. <laughs> and now that the baby boomers are starting to kick off, it's the most played in funerals, The Spirit <laughs> in the Sky. Really? Yes, it was also uh, featured in Apollo 13. Yeah. Now this one, I remember this one, and I said, even back then, I said, I cannot believe how this one even made it to the Billboard charts. It was Ringo by Lauren Green. Yes, Lauren Green, the Bonanza guy really that you're speechless really aren't you yeah no i remember ringo yeah that's it yep yeah that you were right you're right lauren green yeah that is amazing in the number here's another one in 1968 nobody but me yeah i know no. yeah yeah you can't figure that one out either huh no no doesn't ring any bells yeah no that's all right it, it, it's a, it's a very forgettable song Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'd be honest with you. Like I said, I went through this one and listened. To How about this one? How about Alley Oop? Alley Oop? Yeah. Remember, it's about a caveman? Yep. <laughs> it's by the Hollywood Argyles. I didn't know who did it. Yeah. It's a, well, yeah that's why they're one hit wonders, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was it was done on based on a car, 1932 cartoon. The caveman was named Alley Oop. Oh. This one you'll know. Everybody knows this one, in Agata da Vida. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the longest songs ever. <laughs> yes, 17 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heavy metal, great song. Yep. Their only dun, hit. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun. Yep. Has an organ solo and a drum solo. Yeah. And get this. You know what it was meant to be titled? Hmm. In the Garden of Eden. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Huh. Makes sense. <laughs> and then there was well, here's one from Ernie Code uh, Doe, Mother in Law, 1961. Hit the number one spot in Billboard and Billboard R&B charts. Guy, you got me on that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay, and I was more into the uh, rock and roll. 1965, The Knickerbockers Lies. If we didn't have to pay royalties, I'd play these songs. But you know, I'm a cheap guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because once you hear them, you'd re- you remember this one. Yeah, you remember I was four years yeah. old. <laughs> <Okay>. Oh, <laughs> this one you'll remember, I think. This one's by okay. the Lemon Pipers, Green Tambourine. I have the album still. There you go, okay. One hit, 1967. Yep. But they separated in 1969, very shortly. Didn't they kind of like, uh, wasn't that like one of the first LSD kind of... Uh, 
experiences when you're <laughs> listening to one of those. <laughs> well, the other one was we were more in the vein of remember they didn't make a number one hit, but very popular hit, the Strawberry Alarm Clock. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Incense and peppermints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were more in that kind of vein. Mm-hmm. How about grazing in the grass? Is the gas can you? Dig yeah. It? Now that one was done by the Friends of Distinction. The first one came out in 1968, and it was strictly a instrumental. Really? Mm -hmm. And it still made number one, and then the Friends of Distinction took it up and added uh, lyrics to it. Wow. Top the chart. And then uh, Eve of Destruction was another one. That was a great one. Yeah. Uh, Barry Maguire, I think. This one you'll definitely know. It is by the Napoleon the 14th. They're coming to take me away. Ha ha. Uh, oh, ho, ho. <laughs> yeah, see, you remember that one, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, you the laugh, whole song, like yeah, yeah, he played everything. It's like, it's like, it has like a, st- a snare drum, a tambourine, and a siren. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's the, that's yeah. the LSD generation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember that one. I knew that one. Yeah, yeah. All right. And mm-hmm. then, uh, then we have the uh, Winchester Cathedral, oh, hit yeah. number oh, one in the built in 1966. Yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. was a great song. Oh, yeah. And then we have one by uh, uh, Janine uh, C. Riley, Harper Valley PTA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one was a big one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have the singing nun, Dominique. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was uh, from the movie, you know? Uh, the movie then came out in 1966. You're right, The Singing Nun. Uh, then we have Dean. Na na, hey hey, kiss him goodbye. Remember? Na 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 na, na 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 na, hey hey hey, goodbye. You remember that one? I didn't know that's what it was. I yeah. didn't know. Uh, Actually, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. That's yeah, what they said. yeah. Didn't you remember that one? Na na na. No, na. I didn't. No, 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 no. By Steam. Hey, hey, Yeah, I hey, always thought it was kiss goodbye. goodbye. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, what made this song immortal was in 1977, the Chicago White Sox were riding high because they were winning like crazy, started singing that at the seventh inning stretch instead of Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Really? Yeah. And so what ended oh, up happening, great. and then they would start singing it, like, for instance, they were ahead of the Royals at the time, and, for instance, uh, the uh, uh, the players would come up, and they would start singing that when they struck them out. <laughs> Unfortunately, they fell apart after the All-Star break. <laughs> and then 1977, the World Series was against the New York Yankees and the L.A. Dodgers, and the Yankees just Bank the Dodgers that year. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about this one? The Safaris Wipeout. Oh, yeah. That's the one. Mm-hmm. You got. Are you ready for this one? The Tornadoes mm-hmm. Telstar. No. Nope. Oh, that one went. It... Yeah, yeah. I think you, you'll. It's very, very popular. I think once you hear it, you'll know exactly what it is. Well, how much few bars? You don't want you don't oh. want to hear me do that. It was bad enough to get me to say nah, nah. <laughs> it, was, it was big time in 1962 because of the space race. Huh. And then there was one by the Zodiacs called Stay. 19 Stay. was 1960 in the movie Dirty Dancing. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Can you have a few bars? Uh, no. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> but this one you'll know, okay? This one's the last one here. And then I've got a few uh, uh, honorable mentions. Ziggard okay. Nevins in the year 2525. Oh, great song. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. the, the year. The, that's it. That's it. If yeah. man is still alive, right? Yep. If yep. women can survive, they will fight. <laughs> what yep. do you mean? We well, fight we now. Got, we got we got two more years. Then. <laughs> <laughs> We're fighting now. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. And the thing is that they uh, after they uh, did that, they you know the song was like in 1969. I think they broke up just a, maybe a few years later, even after that. And the guy started his own guitar company. Then he's Ziger. Oh yeah, the yeah. guitars that he, he still runs it today. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Well, now let's get some honorable mentions in here. Okay, that didn't ever didn't hit number one, but they were very popular. We already talked about one: is "Incense and Peppermints" by the Star Strawberry Alarm Clock. Yep. And you know that's an old one because they call the one of the lines go: "We got beatnecks and politics." Yeah. <laughs> Nothing yeah. is new. Yeah. <laughs> <And> beatnecks. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How about this one? The Crazy World of Arthur Brown. Remember no. his song? Fire? Yeah. Fire. Fire. Yeah. Fire. Dun, dun, dun. I bring you to burn. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> How about this one? And this was real funny because you had a couple of them. This one hit number eight on the pop charts. And I want to mention two of them. Okay, one is Michael Rode the Boat Ashore by the Highwaymen, and the other mm -hmm. one is Oh Happy Day, okay, by the, the uh, Edwin Hawkins Singers. Oh Happy Day. Yeah, and yeah. basically mm -hmm. both of these have religious themes in them. That was interesting because even back then, there was a lot of uh, religious songs that actually made the pop charts. Wow. What mm -hmm. year? Uh, one was 1961, Michael Rode the Boat. And the other one was Oh uh -huh. Happy Day in 1969. And there was a few other ones in between. Oh. Mm -hmm. you know, and even the Doobie Brothers did one, right? Um, Jesus is Just All Right? Oh, yeah. Great mm -hmm. song. That was big. That was big. Oh, yeah. That was a great song. Oh, and this, one's, this one I'm just throwing in because this is country. This is a country thing, you know, and I, I, I don't do country. But this one I had to do because I didn't know about this. Old Rivers by Walter Brennan. Remember from the real McCoys? Yeah. Apparently, this guy had made albums too. Really? Yeah. A <laughs> hey, big time in country music. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. And he's done one I'm thing shocked. that, yeah. And he's done one thing no one has ever done before. And that is? He has won three supporting <laughs> actors in the Academy Awards. No one has ever done that. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Sugar Shack by the Fireballs. Sugar Shack. <laughs> Along the track. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hit it, man. Hit it. <laughs> okay. And here's the last one we'll do for honorable mention. All righty. Because there's a lot more, okay. but this one we'll just do because we're running a little long okay. here. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. San mm -hmm. Francisco. Wear some oh, flowers in your hair by Scott McKenzie. And we hit number seven in the pop charts in 1967. Yeah, that wow. was a that was a big one too. 
That was a good song. Well, yeah. yeah, that was a good one. Put a flower in your hair. Yeah, yeah, that's the, you know, yeah, that was that hippie movement. Yeah. yeah, the yeah the big hippie movement and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, well, Cotton, I'm going to tell you this, man. We're running a little long, so I'm going to say let's close this one up, and we'll do the one hit wonders of the '70s next week. Great. All right, my man, you have a great one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye, bye, my man. Bye, bye. Nos vemos después. We'd like to thank you for listening, and leave you with this one quote. Better a one-hit wonder than a one-quit blunder. Until next time, may God bless.